On the first day of school, back in January, I asked some students whom I should interview. They led me straight to a boy who was leaning against a brick wall. He was small, but had an air of confidence. My name is Sivinati. S-I-V-E-N-A-T-H-I. But you can call me Sive, he said. Sive was clearly well-respected at school. He had just been selected for a prestigious leadership program and was about to travel to Colorado and Washington, D.C. He was thrilled about the opportunity. I may be a little bit nervous, but actually I'm excited. A few weeks later, I met with Sive again. I was curious to learn more about his family. He said he came from a difficult background. Most of my family is uneducated. My mom's HIV positive, and then, then I don't have a father. His father died six years ago and had never been involved in Sive's life. His mother, he said, suffers from a serious mental illness that makes her unable to work. One older brother isn't around, and the other isn't very responsible. So Sive has basically been taking care of his family and their home for years. If I don't take care of my home, nobody will. He said his upcoming trip to the U.S. would be a great learning opportunity and a welcome respite. Uh, I think the United States trip to be like a vacation to me. After Sive returned from the U.S., I sat down with him at his home, a three-room cement house in a low-income area outside Cape Town. This is my album. He showed me pictures from his trip, the White House, the Lincoln Memorial, even his hotel room. I slept in the big bed, big soft bed, and the TV, everything. He said he participated in workshops with other young African leaders and met all sorts of Americans, including a group of elderly African-American men. They told us about their childhood, how it's like being a black African-American in America. He said the trip transformed him. He now dreams of being a doctor or ending global warming, maybe even both. And he wants to work with people from different cultures. Sive was clearly riding a high from the trip. But just a few days after he got back, his life took a sudden turn. His mom's health was getting worse. Doctors discovered that she was anemic and had a wide range of other problems. Sive checked his mom into the hospital and visited her regularly. Then, two weeks ago, he got a phone call. His mom had passed away. I think I'm the last person to see my mom, because nobody went and visited my mom in the hospital. I met up with Sive at a place he goes to cope with his stress. It's a sandy ridge at the edge of his neighborhood, where garbage is tangled in clumps of wild grass. From a certain spot, he can glimpse the ocean. I always had a dream that I will be the one that take my mom out of this suffering. I always had a dream that I will take my mom to somewhere else. My latest dream is that I wanted to take my mom to the U.S. You see, because I've been there. He says his mother's death has made him even more determined to get a good education and achieve his dreams and to get out of his impoverished community. I want to live a good life. You see, I don't want to live the life that my, my mom lived to suffer. Right now, I just want to pass my exams. His high school is having midterms right now, and he has chosen not to defer them. But at the moment, he can't study. He has to deal with the logistics of life and death. Sive heads to a corner store. He walks along a gravel road, past rows of matching houses and children playing soccer. He says with his mom gone, his 19-year-old brother should become the family head. 
But Sive says his brother isn't very responsible. So Sive expects to be the one making decisions. I will be more in charge right now if he does not change. At the store, Sive buys a loaf of bread. I ask how he and his brother are going to get by financially. We don't have money. You are so broke. His mother had been getting a disability grant from the government, about $120 a month. Now that money will stop coming in. Money from her life insurance is going toward her funeral. So for now, Sive's only income is a small child welfare grant and some cash he makes working at a bakery on Saturdays. Back at the house, Sive's brother is painting the living room. He says he wants it to look good when people come to pay their respects. Neighbors and friends are stopping by each night this week. Standing on his front step, Sive says all this cleaning and hosting is taking up a lot of his time. And so is another obligation. There are people that don't know yet about my mom. So I have to go there and tell people that my mom passed away. And he'll have to go around the township on foot because none of the people he's contacting use email and he doesn't have their phone numbers. With so much to do and so much change happening, Sive is incredibly stressed. He doesn't know when he'll have time to prepare for his exams. Back inside, he picks up a brush and helps his brother paint. A few hours later, people begin showing up at his house. More than 40 pack into the tiny living room and spill out onto the road. The singing, the prayers, and a passionate sermon from a pastor will continue for about an hour. A few days later, Sive will travel with his relatives and his mother's body on a 12-hour journey to the family's ancestral land. His mother will be buried there. But on this night, after people pay their respects and head home, once Sive is alone in the house, he will grab his school notebook and check his midterm exam schedule. Then, he'll sit down on his saggy metal bed and begin to study. For The World, I'm Anders Kelto in Cape Town.